So today we talk about maps. Maps. What kind of maps? Redistricting maps. And I think Nick has a new boyfriend. <laughs> or maybe not new. Maybe the first. <laughs> so Definitely yeah. the first. Definitely the first. So yeah, so we it, Michigan is in the throes of this first of its kind redistricting process. And before you turn the podcast off right now and how exciting that sounds to listen to a podcast, Ben Solis, a reporter at Gong or News Service, who's been following it all for us so that we don't have to, um, is here to talk about it. He's good. He's a new guy to town. Very interesting. He's a good guy. Yes. It's the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. Yep, I got it all. We got it. So your, what do you want to do now? Was why don't we do this at the beginning of the Kurt episode? Okay. We'll put get Kurt put Kurt to bed. Nighty night, Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> and there's the intro. <laughs> <laughs> so creepy. That was incredibly creepy. <laughs> Welcome to Cold Oatmeal, a podcast by the Rush Strategies team about PR and public affairs. Really. I was distracted staring at Joe's cold oatmeal. Yeah, well, it's here. He's got it on his desk. It's always here. It's always here. And by the way, the the ratio of like fruit to disgusting is like one to ten. It's got some disgusting stuff and some fruit. Yeah, there's like nothing disgusting. One part fruit. What's, what, what in there is disgusting? I don't even know what's in it, but it, it looks like cucumber mash and maybe a couple of chopped apples. Did you have Burger King for breakfast? What was your... Say that! <laughs> so welcome back. It is the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. Uh, this is Matt Resch of the Resch Strategies team. Um, we are a public affairs and a public relations firm headquartered in downtown Lansing, Michigan. You can find us at reschstrategies.com, um, our Facebook page, our Twitter account, Instagram, all at Resch Strategies. Um, this little podcast has a Twitter account of its own at Cold Oatmeal Pod. So let's go around the room. I already said who I am. Let's go to my left. Laura Beal. Nick DeLue is here. Anna Heaton. Joe Pesci. So we are missing we're missing the, 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 the humor glue in Carly and Nikki. They always do something crazy to to make us laugh usually. Now the phone's ringing. You hear that phone ringing? I heard that. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We have a poltergeist. Hello? Hello? Yeah. <clears throat> And Stephanie's gone too, <clears throat> but today we are going to talk to someone who we have we have not met before, um, a new reporter to town. He's been here a couple of years um, with uh, both M Live and now with Gongwer. Ben Solis is uh, have been covering the Independent Redistricting Redistricting Commission. God bless him. God bless him. Yes, it's easier to cover than for me to say apparently, but it's <laughs> <coughs> um, yeah. He's been tweeting covering this for for months on end, and so he is going to be our guest. But first, I want to do a quick shout out. I, I don't know. I heard lots of feedback on the murders, the, the murder thing. Oh. And Laura, you talked about how weird it is that you like murder so much. Yeah. <laughs> a lot I of mean, that makes it sound worse than it is, but yeah. A lot of people like murder. A yeah. lot of people. I, I was, be, prior to us reading that book and doing that podcast, I was reading a different series that wasn't murder, and now I can't get back into it. I just need another murder book. <laughs> It's a very interesting. Good book. thing I'm, I'm already really, married. <laughs> I've, I've missed like one podcast, and that's the one I missed. And I'm so bummed about it. I was on the road, but yeah, I it, and the feedback has been great. Everybody listened to it. Yeah, lots of clicks. I think it broke our record. Really? Yeah, that's cool. Lots of clicks. I uh, I happened to be in Charlevoix when you guys were recording that. I was up north with the family for a long weekend, 
and you know, there's a little bookstore in Charlevoix, and uh, I forget what it's called, um, right downtown. And, and we went in, and they had proudly displayed th the book by Marty. And um, when Evil came to Goodhart, and then next to it was another book that she wrote. <coughs> and so I picked it up, and I'm looking through. I'm like, oh, it was about other northern Michigan, you know, true crime, cold case stuff. And I wound up buying Dune because I'm an idiot. <laughs> I'm never going to finish that book. But I'm like, oh, I'll try this 868-page novel. Um, so I'm surprised you haven't just read that anyway. I, I don't know. I, it's so big. It's intimidating. I, it's, we discovered like in this in this book reading process that Nick doesn't like to read. I don't. <coughs> I like told to read me comic that. books. That throws me off. Yeah. I have a short attention span. I think I have ADHD, if that was a real thing. Don't if call in, everybody. If it if, <laughs> I think it's if, fake, too. If it was, I had it. <laughs> I'm not convinced it's actually real. But anyhow, I went. I So my 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 father-in-law was at the bookstore with us, and he, he I said, I've read this. We're interviewing. my my The team right now is interviewing Marty Link. And, uh, and the bookstore owner said, oh, you know her? And I'm like, well, I don't know her, but we're interviewing <laughs> her, and I've read the book. Oh, she's she writes really good book uh, yes she does and you know they're all up here they're all yes i know but she was like starstruck by proxy that i knew kind of like there i had this connection to marty link so that's my story maybe i should stop in and say hello imagine what they'll do for me right have you written a book <laughs> he's read a book he's read a book <laughs> i read a book so i learned two things um one so a couple of things I mentioned this, but I didn't mention their name. Um, the house that we were staying at when I read the book uh, was Bill Wirtz and Lori Wirtz, lobbyist and PR person here in town. And <coughs> I ran into Bill, and he was he was like, you didn't mention my name. So I had to mention whose house we were at. We were at Bill and Lori's house, which was very nice. Thanks, Bill. Um, but he told me that, the that and this is maybe a little, a little off, because he didn't know all the details, but that the property near where the house was was purchased by George Perlis. Hmm. That, that that he had at least he had a house there and it had some a lot he didn't know if it was the actual lot or a lot next door but that was one thing wow. the other thing I learned is that my wife was doing research on this these houses these bliss bliss houses that mm -hmm. and they have there's a, a, a couple who apparently has bought a ton of a bunch of these houses up there and has turned it into a little resort community like they've fixed them up and they've made it this nice one and that they very clearly try not to ever mention that this ever happened. Hmm. That they don't want right. they don't want people coming up and freaking out. Do they still have Seriously? the crazy door? Yeah, it's like it's not anywhere in the stuff. <clears throat> but yeah, I would I, I kind of think it would be like a, an interesting talking point. Mm -hmm. Like by the way, this is the site of a unsolved mass homicide. People really love murder. They do, Laura. I mean, once you understand <coughs> that, case in point. Yeah. I know. We need more. If we need more murder books, we need more murder books. Yeah. Except Nick doesn't like to read, so. And today we have to talk about maps. <coughs> yeah. So yeah. <laughs> so somebody might want to murder someone after this map process, map making yes. process, or listening to the end of this podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Between ben, you and Nikki, <coughs> I'm having a rough couple of weeks. So Ben Solis joined Gongwer in uh, 2000. He's from Ohio. We'll find out a little bit more about that as Nick <coughs> talks to him about where he's from and his favorite football teams. Fan girls over Wait, him. he joined Gongwer when? In 2000. Oh, 2020. Oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> 2020. That would have been a long time ago. 
have been a long time ago. But he covers the judici know. judiciary, um, health and human services, insurance folks, insurance stuff, the courts. I already said the courts. And now what he got assigned, he got assigned this redistricting commission. And so that is what he has dedicated. Drew the short straw. That is what he has been dedicating his professional life to for the last number of months. And so he is going to talk to us about that. So Ben Solis. So Ben Solis of the Gong Renew Service. Thanks for being on the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. It's a lot. It's an honor. Oh, how about I that? Think an the honor first. Of That's honor. the first. Zach Gorchow never called him an honor. Wow. Well, he should. He's yeah. been on a lot. I know. So we are going to get into some maps, but you're also somewhat new to to the downtown capital scene. So we want to get to know you too. Um, first of all, I, I need to ask, what in, on earth did you do to tick Zach off to <laughs> to receive this assignment of having to cover? This independent redistricting committee, because someone, you, someone must have done something really bad to get this assignment. Being the new guy uh, <laughs> at the time, um, my beat structure was kind of a little, you know, just disjointed. I had DHHS, I had DIFFS, Department of Insurance and Financial Services, and then um, they said, you know, when it comes time, you're going to get redistricting. And I think that they thought redistricting was important, uh, so they put me on there, which is nice, but they also thought it was kind of like a, a throwaway thing. Uh, same with DHHS. I started two months before the pandemic hit and, you know, my DHHS beat, which was supposed to be like a little thing here and there, turned into me being a full-time health reporter. And that kind of is how it happened with registering too, as things kind of went really off the rails with the census delays <laughs> and everything else we're dealing with now. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to have it. It's been a lot of fun to cover. It's been uh, complicated, but yeah, it's been pretty fascinating. You, do you realize that you've become like the de facto expert in the state? I mean, be, be, you know, being a Twitter denizen and, and following you, you're a, a very interesting follow. But I think the Twitterverse, the, like the, the political bubble in Lansing sort of recognizes that Ben is the guy to go to with any questions now. That's kind of cool. Is that just because Ben's tied to his computer screen having to Maybe. watch every minute of what's happening? <laughs> yes, it's like right in my face all the time. It could be, but I, I think it's also like the, the expertise those comes through in, in the tweets. Like, okay, you know exactly what you're talking about. You are the subject matter expert. It's a very weird thing to be an expert in, but it's kind of cool, I guess. No, it is. It trips me out, um, you know, because I am so new, uh, being thrown into something that's also so novel, you know, I kind of was able to grow with the beat, you know, as the commissioners were sitting there, you know, doing their multiple training sessions and education sessions, I was sitting there through all of those as well. I mean, they went four hours sometimes, but, mm -hmm. you know, I learned everything that they learned while we were doing it. And I did notice, too, that, you know, um, there were a few outlets that were covering it, I think, as much as we were. But very early on, when they first started, I mean, we were one of the only outlets really daily, every single day, writing about these uh, these commission meetings. So yeah, it's been it's been really interesting. It's been an honor. Again, here's the word um, to you know be someone that you know is able to dissect and you know um, give people comprehensive coverage of this that they can understand it's digestible I think that's my main goal is that you know as complicated as this is I'm trying to make it as as layman's as possible mm -hmm. uh, insert a little humor when I can not too much but uh, yeah I, I really appreciate that people have found my coverage um, valuable it's really fun well and you're you're going to be the subject of exhibits in court proceedings probably yes right so, I'm probably nice. I'm probably gonna get uh, get summoned or something hopefully yeah. not I don't know if they'll Finger force you to testify but fingers crossed I'm sure there will be an exhibit you know 712 and it'll be a, a tweet thread you know that from, yeah. from this day where they <laughs> yeah. 
they went into a closed session or something. I remember when I was in college and some older CM lifers who had graduated and some of the advisors always made this joke that if you got sued by somebody in your college newspaper for doing the right thing, it's like a badge of honor, right? So I hope I never get sued for any of my work with Gongwer. But also, you know, it's kind of just cool knowing that um, I put something out there that was as valuable of a piece of information that a lawyer is going to be like, I'm going to take this and put yeah. this in my brief. Mm -hmm. So. So let's take a step back and not assume that our the, our, our millions of listeners have followed this <laughs> or even millions. know what we're talking about <laughs> for the last four. My months. wife is very well versed. Okay. Well, as our as our staff meeting showed on on Monday, we cannot we cannot brag unanimous um, knowledge of what this commission is, even amongst the the, the wonderful rest strategies team here. But um, how do we get to this point? What is this commission? Why are, why are they doing what they're doing? Who are they? Yeah. What's so going on? The commission was created by Prop 2 in 2018. Um, voters, not politicians, were the ones kind of leading that charge. And uh, the whole goal was, um, you know, really at the time, was to create a, a citizen body that would create fair maps, would take it out of the hands of legislators, no matter who had the majority, although we've had a Republican majority for a very long time. So, you know, one would assume that it would be them drawing the maps if this didn't happen. And uh, they, they passed it, obviously, and they created this commission. So uh, early on, they had applicants apply. It was not an appointed thing. You know, people didn't get to handpick, I want this person on the commission. Um, and once they did apply, there was a random drawing. 13 of them were eventually chosen through a couple of rounds of like winnowing that list down. And uh, I believe at one point in time, the, the legislature had a, kind of a little bit of a, a, a small choice of saying, eh, I know who this person is. This person's a partisan. He can't be on the commission or she can't be on the commission. Um, but the goal was just to find people who didn't have any real stake politically in drawing these maps that had a bigger stake in just giving citizens fair maps. And there are four Republicans, four Democrats, and then five unaffiliated members. Uh, some call them independents, but they're, they're true political leanings. Yeah. Have, have been you know, debated. Um, but the point was is to get them together, teach them how to do line drawing and mapping and read census data like you know, all the teams that helped the, le the legislature in the past do and uh, go into it. Uh, they hired a bunch of people to help them along the way. There were consultants for mapping, attorneys, and that, you know, that includes a general counsel, a, a Voting Rights Act attorney, you know, a lot of um, you know, money spent on trying to get as many experts in the room, and I say experts you know, with a grain of salt, because there's been some contention about that too. But, um, you know, in the room to try to help them along. And uh, yeah, it was, it was actually a pretty easygoing process until we realized that there would be massive census delays. And that was kind of the first real hitch for them. You know, the goal had been to have these maps adopted by November originally, and we are well past that now. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that has to do with the, the delays in the census data. So they eventually got that data. Um, luckily, they had a, a system kind of built in where they said, while we don't have this data, we can make inferences on some legacy data. We can make inferences on past like community surveys and try to understand some things. And at the same time, we'll go out and collect public comment. And that was one of the biggest things about you know the commission was going out and, and seeing how people identified themselves as what we call communities of interest. You know, identify where they think that their line should be. Did they want the old the old map lines? Do they want completely new ones? And uh, that was a big part of it. Um, but I think one of the other big hangups, too, was just the, the legislative or excuse me, the, the constitutional language itself. You know, there were different like priority tiers built into the constitutional amendment 
of things that they need to consider in order in order to make these quote unquote fair maps and partisan fairness, which has become the biggest, you know, uh, debated topic right now on these maps was probably like, I think like fourth on the list. So, you know, the federal stuff was what they had to get, you know, worked out first. Equal so in partisan fairness, that's just equal, as best you can guess, equal Republican, equal Dem based on past voting. Yeah. So the idea is not to favor any particular par- political party. By favoring one particular political party. Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. So <laughs> <laughs> clear ton, as mud. Tons of fun. Yeah, really, really clear. Um, and. You know, that's that can be difficult because, you know, as you're trying to dial down these partisan fairness numbers, there's like a different bunch of different metrics that they use um, to try to do that. You know, it you have to kind of see if the map favors a particular party. And there's that's how they, they figure that out. But, um, yeah, that was the end goal was to, to to try to create at least politically fair maps, not necessarily gerrymander for the other side, you know, which was, I think, a lot of people's fear, especially on, on the right was that, okay, now that this is taken away from our legislature, you know, we're going to get a bunch of Democrats, we're going to gerrymander for them. And I think they've been really um, careful to try to not do that. I, uh, you know, the maps still lean Republican as they are now, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a little bit. But um, yeah, it's, it's kind of still up in the air. So if you had one word to describe this process, what would you say? Then I can tell you what my word is. Wild. Okay. Absolutely. Wild. I was gonna say shit show. Yeah, yeah. That, would, that would fall into the same category. Yeah, it's a subcategory of wild. I, I have been following this and reading all about it, and every day I'm just like, I cannot believe this is happening. Yeah. Like, no, I agree. And, and the fact that the public cares enough about what's going on, like someone emailed in a bomb threat or something like a couple of weeks ago, like it is wild. That, that is a good Did, word. Was for there it. ever an arrest made in that? No. No. Did they, they track the guy down? They did track the guy. Uh, we're not sure whether it was a man, woman, uh, you know. The individual. We did, yeah, we did not know who the individual was, but they did track that person down. They talked with them and their family. The FBI was involved, which was insane. And uh, they determined that this person had no credible means of carrying out this threat. It was just kind of a, Isn't it I'm still mad some at you sort guys. Crime? <laughs> I'm <laughs> mad at you guys. Yeah, they let it go. Wow. From my understanding is that MSU police let it go. So, so yeah. what do you attribute the... the shit showedness of this <laughs> the the combination of the interpretation of this language that was is brand new and by 13 people who by the very nature and the wording of the proposal had to have zero experience in what they were doing i mean you hit the head i mean the nail right on the head you know um i think that equates to all of it they are so new they really don't know what they're doing they were given some pretty clear guidelines and some education, but you know, kind of just thrown into the fire. Said, "Here, go make us some, some fair maps." Um, I think the the biggest issue is is that, you know, I don't think they understood how much the public would would come after them. You know, I think that they were fully aware that you know there were people who were not going to be happy with their end product one way or the other. I think that it's possible that they're surprised that. Democrats and Republicans alike, and even in some cases, the the very people that pushed this forward mm-hmm. um, are criticizing their work. And uh, I think, you know, that that kind of lends to that. Also, all the unforeseen circumstances, you know, there was the pandemic. So they really only met for the first time in person, I think, like this year, in the beginning of this year, through the whole you know process of 2020 of putting this together and getting them in, in the seats. They were meeting remotely, and they still, several of them still do. Several of them still have not shown up to meetings. They've been remote participants. So that, you know, threw a wrench in their plans. I think that they thought that that data was going to be way more easily accessible than it was, and it was not. 
there was a big delay there. And, uh, you know, now they have a bunch of people saying that uh, their voting rights experts are, are giving them bad advice. Whether that's the case or not, we'll find out, you know, mm-hmm. in, in a court. We'll decide that. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that were thrown at them that I don't think they thought that they were going to have to deal with. And then there's also the fact, as, as you mentioned, there's the complexity of that language, you know, trying to balance partisan fairness while also balancing equal population, giving people the communities that they want in order to, you know, vote for the people that they want. Um, it's been pretty difficult for them. My mother-in-law, she got one of those applications when they went out. You oh, know, wow. they're they're suggesting everybody fill this out, you know, apply to the pool. And pretty much nobody in my family would be eligible except my mother-in-law. And I, I told her, I said, you should do it, Mom. Like, you should totally fill it out. That'd be great. You could be on this board and it'd be you could reshape everything. And she's like, why would I do that? And of course she didn't. But I've never, at first I was like, what a missed opportunity. And now as it's gone forward, I'm like, thank God she didn't listen to me. (laughs) Terrible advice from her son-in-law. I wouldn't be her favorite anymore. Every single day, there is at least one person commenting saying, why the heck did you people decide that you wanted to do this? And then there's also another comment saying, bless you for, you know, standing up for the rest of us who did not want to be a part of this process, did not want to take this on. And for, you know, kind of bearing the cross, if you will. You know, through the first. Are these people process. paid? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. At least there's that. Yes. They <laughs> How do much get, do they make? I don't know off the top of my head, but I think it's a pretty reasonable. It's around wage. 50, 60 grand. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's it's up. I mean, it's, it's like this is their there. job, yeah. full time job. Yeah. Oh. But some of I them do have full time jobs aside from this. Several of them, they appear that they either retired or they're just they're not working. You know, so much anymore. They're they're older. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of the younger uh, people on that commission do have full time jobs, and so they're balancing that as well. As someone who's watched zero minutes of these meetings. And you're better off for it, by the way, <laughs> mentally. We don't need to watch because we just read Right, what, I just, I just read Twitter. Um, what, is the, what is the camaraderie or lack thereof been of these 13 people? Do they get along? Do they know each other? I mean, it's one thing. It would be one thing if, again, you said the pandemic. They've been locked in their homes for a lot of these processes, and they haven't had a chance to have face-to-face interactions. What... Do do they like each other? Like alliances that you're like? Can you? Is it like reality TV? You're saying, "Ooh, this person's cozying <laughs> up with this person, and they're going to go push this map." Or what's the what what's the interpersonal interaction? That the you easy heard? first answer is yes. So, and then uh, the more complicated answer is if you would have asked me that six months ago, I would have said that they got along great. You know, they um, understood that this was not an us against them kind of a thing, but, you know, they were bound together by this common cause to, to get this done. And they were very much, um, you know, thrilled about doing it. And I think that they tried hard to understand each other, do a bunch of icebreakers. So they knew who each other were when they finally did have, you know, the opportunity to meet in person, they would go have lunch and, you know, kind of just get to know each other. Um, but now it's been a little bit different. And I think a lot of that has to do just from the pressure that they're under. Um, you know, had they been given enough time and there had been no delays, they probably would have been, this process would probably have been easier for them. You know, the ease of doing this would have been um, better. But now that they're under immense pressure and people don't like what they've produced, you know, this, these last few weeks have been them just going back and trying to, oh, crap, we have to retool all these maps really quickly. That has caused some major butting of heads. Um, you know, one contention is where to put Midland. Right. Do you put Midland with the the Tri-Cities or you don't or you move it, you know, to the West? And, uh, you know, at least two commissioners were very adamant that Midland should not go with with Saginaw and Bay City. Right. And the other ones were like, that's absurd. They've always been a part of that. Small things like that. But those blow ups, you know, they have 
an impact on the maps and what we're going to produce. Um, so yeah, those, those small things happen. Um, there have been some, some small partisan squabbles over the partisan fairness stuff, um, but nothing big, but you know, now it's to the point where I think they're just so frustrated with, with their own process and trying to get this done under the, the time crunch is that they're, you know, they're not treating each other with, with the, the most respect. Um, one instance was with commissioner Brittany Killam, right. And I'm, she's, uh, was the original vice chair of the commission then she was the chair of the commission and now she's just a commissioner because they've rotated the chair positions is that and part of the rules or did they that's something just quit? they came up with that's something that they came up with along along the way huh. they thought it would be nice to give representation to everybody and have everybody have a chance to chair it if they wanted to so they switched it that's around like a, a great way to build continuity of work yeah product. well you know it's like musical chairs right and people have said that this process is like musical chairs when they were drawing maps they were like taking turns like a board game it's like okay it's your turn to take the pen and do this right so that whole thing has been just a, oh a revolving gosh. door right? is that how Livonia got split five ways uh, no comment um, <laughs> but it definitely did um, so yeah exactly and I think at, at this point they're you know, just trying to work through their own frustrations. But again, with 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 Miss Kellum, um, you know, she wasn't there for a lot of the map drawing in Detroit. She has a full time job, so you know, she took a lot of absences. She did take some heat for that as well. Um, but now, as they're trying to fix Detroit, she came in and said, "I have all these plans. I have these ideas." And there was a, kind of an air that the commission was not willing to listen to her. And I'm not sure whether it's because she had missed meetings or, you know, it was just the time crunch. It's like you know, these changes are massive. And we got to figure out if they're even worth it. And uh, I, there was a significant blow up recently, you know, saying you're not listening to me. And this is Brittany Kellum speaking. She's a black woman from Detroit. Juanita Curry is also the only other black woman woman on the uh, commission. She's also from Detroit. And there was kind of an air that these um, other white commissioners weren't giving her the time of day. And that was a big blow up. And we had, you know, legislators come out and, you know, condemn that. So... Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of pressure that they're under, and they're all trying just to figure it out. But that's where the main butting of heads is coming from, I think. Have you picked up, and I don't know, maybe you won't say it if you have, because these people aren't sequestered. Or they're not, like, on a jury. No. So they are, presumably, with so much at stake and so many powerful interests looking at what they're trying to push out. Have you picked up at all that, that they're getting pressure? Like you've said pressure from the news media and, and pressure from the coverage of their work product. But the, the people who are, who really stand to lose or, or win in this process, pushing buttons or trying to push buttons behind the scenes. They have been since the beginning. Yeah. You know, we've known that that's not news. There was actually an NBC article that came out that, you know, kind of um, you know, expounded on this, this Republican strategy to try to influence the commission for most of us who've been covering this for a year straight. That's not news. You know, um, various groups have been, in for public comment. They've submitted maps themselves. AFL-CIO has been submitting maps since the beginning of this, since they've had an opportunity to. Promote the Vote has as well. They're, I wouldn't call them like a, a liberal organization, but you know, there's a, the appearance that they might be. Um, you know, All of these different orgs have been trying to say, this is what we want, and this is what we want you to do. They've ignored it for, for the most part, from what I can see. You know, I don't know what their private conversations are like with these people, um, if they're even having them. They're not supposed to, and I think that they're aware that they're not supposed to. So, is is there a rule against that? Yeah. So, like yeah. AFL CIO calls up and they want to take Satella out to lunch. They're she's supposed to say no. I don't know if she's supposed to say no. I can't comment on that, but yeah. I do know that if they go out to lunch, they're not allowed to talk about this. Oh sure. You know. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I don't know why it would come up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course, of course not. This is just a friendly lunch. Um, 
but no, I, I don't. I think that they've avoided that. I think that they've, in, at least in, in public, you know, been very apparent that they've avoided that. Um, even some of the Republicans that are on the commission have, you know, noticed when clearly Republican groups or individuals, past electeds, have come in to give a specific kind of comment. They'll say that's coming from a political person. That's coming from a political place. We're going to ignore that comment. Um, a lot of their focus has been on the comment from people in their public, you know, sessions at the hearings through the comment portal, which is a pretty robust tool. You know, I got to give them credit. That tool is pretty good at collecting all these comments and pinpointing where on maps people are saying, I want this, I want this, I want that. There's just a lot of comment. There's like millions of comments in that thing. So parsing that is just a, is a task on its own. How many of those comments have you gone through? Is it is it like a newspaper article co comment section, or are these actually informed people? It, it just varies. It can yeah. be both. You know, some people leave one set in comments, you know, don't split this area up, period. You know, there's other ones that are just huge screeds about why they shouldn't be doing something. It's hard, it's hard to, to wade through. Can we talk about other things? No. Or do, you, <laughs> do, you have, do you have more? No, you were asking so me, are you bored with us? No, I'm not bored with it, but I've just got other things I wanted to talk about. Okay. Let me just ask you this. So Anna has a question. Do you have a question on this before we jump off? Okay. <laughs> Anna's very Anna's good. Relatively Anna's relatively new to the podcast. You so just have to speak I raise up. my hand. I'm oh, okay. very polite. Okay. She raised her hand. So Matt brought up sequestering, and I'm not saying that I watch reality TV, <laughs> but there is a certain successful formula when there is like a certain amount of pressure in a situation. Maybe you put them all in a house. They can't have their cell phones. Because <laughs> that works so well for Big Brother. Yeah, you put exactly. put cameras in every room. <laughs> Maybe world. there's some roses involved. <laughs> it just, yeah, it seems like if you would like put these people, I don't know, lock them in like a hotel or a convention center and like you can come out when these maps are finished. The pressure would be there even more, but they, all the outside influence wouldn't be there. Who's to say? Then they'd be fighting about who gets the shower, who, you know, didn't clean up the kitchen. Romance would blossom. It, exactly. You know, yeah. things could get real out of hand real fast with that. And there would, of course, have to be cameras for transparency. Everything safe. would be reported. So. Yeah. No closed sessions in the redistricting house. <laughs> well, that's a deal breaker for yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. So, uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe that was something that they could have considered. I think that they knew that these people were going to, you know, be reading media. They're going to be, you know, re watching news programs about them. They've done interviews themselves, so they're interested in seeing how they sound on these these programs too. But yeah, I, I, I it's tough to say. I don't th I don't think that would have affected much. You know, they still would have had their big personalities in the room. There mm -hmm. still would have been butting of heads, and you know. Uh, even if we had real world redistricting Michigan, you know, <laughs> uh, that still wouldn't stop the federal government from having a census delay, which was their biggest hitch, you know. So it's hard to say. Funny, though. You probably don't have time to follow this process in other states because you're so busy with it here. But has it from what you've read, has it been this much of a shit show in other states who have done this? Um, well, OK, so an anecdote. There was. A, a period of time where they were getting uh, advice and information from the California Commission that has done this, I think, like twice now. Um, and th the advice that they had gotten from them really helped them and, and kind of set the, the, the ground rules for what they're operating off now. They several times will go, the California Commission told us this, so let's try to apply that here. Um, aside from that, no, I haven't been following anybody else because this has just been so heavy. Mm -hmm. um, I do know that um, there are similar kind of quasi-independent commissions that have legislators on there, but also a huge group of people too. 
Uh, I'm trying to remember which one it was, but one of their leaders in the legislature walked out of these sessions and said, I quit. Hmm. Like, I'm done. I resigned because I can't handle this. Because, you know, I don't know whether it was the maps were terrible or they just <laughs> hit each other in the head so often. Um, but no, we haven't anybody, had anybody resign yet. <laughs> Nobody's quit. So, well, actually, I take that back. Very early on, there were some resignations, but it was well before this process even began. So the pressure has not sent them packing yet. They knew they could make more at, at, at McDonald's now than they could on the commission. <laughs> so like, we're so out of here. Seems to be a lot of the case now these days. So, so my, my I know, sense is this I know Nick is studying it'll scare other yeah. states away. So I know Nick is burning to get onto other stuff. But before we do that, <laughs> let's <laughs> um, wrap this up for uh, for the listeners of the of Cold Oatmeal. So we're mid or early November. We're about to start this 45-day public comment period where people can talk about the maps, whether or not that has any influence on anything is, I guess, unknown. The thing, I, I read an article um, by another one of your colleagues that had a sentence in it that really threw me, which is that at the end of this process, if there are no maps that have the required agreement from at least two Republicans, two Dems, and two independents, and there's nothing that's been approved, that the Secretary of State will just choose at random a map. And that feels to me like, really? We've done this for how for how many months now, and it's just going to be random. That is that is a a a method that they can use if <laughs> things go completely awry, and things have gone pretty weird already. But uh, yeah, no, that's correct. Um, if they can't come to an agreement on the maps that they have now, then they're going to do another round of voting, a ranked choice voting. You know, each person picks their two maps that they want, the ones that you know survive that are then are going to be voted on. If they can't have two Republicans and two Democrats and two unaffiliated saying, yeah, we like those, the sum of all of those maps, whether it was the collaborative ones or the individually submitted ones, will get chosen at random. Yes, that is that is a thing. And I, I agree that kind of it makes you think, well, what was all this for? Was this mm -hmm. worth all the trouble? You know, not only just the trouble for these commissioners to have to put their lives completely aside for like almost two years, you know, but also the kind of the cracks in the wall that we saw appear uh, from these communities, you know. Um, you know, the black community in Detroit was very upset about the way that the Detroit districts were. Mm -hmm. So much so that, you know, former rep Sherry DeGonago, I always screw up her name, so I'm sorry, Sherry, uh, came out and gave a really forceful speech against it. And, um, you know, I think that it's kind of exposed how segregated Michigan is exposed how you know much our disparate communities don't maybe trust each other so much and don't want to you know you have whole swaths of the state saying i don't want to be in a voting district with these people um it's kind of rough you know when you think about it there's a lot of like unity uh you know goals that we need to hit in order to <laughs> right. to move forward from this right and um so yeah it, it would be kind of anticlimactic if it came down to that, hoping it's not going to happen. And so then what is the scenario? Because I've heard this before, and I don't know if it's true or not. What is the scenario that has to play out for our current maps to continue? Is that a legal challenge, and we get to the election day, and we don't have agreed to maps because the courts have? I'm not sure I can answer that. Okay. Um, but I do know that there have there have been some legal scholars who have said that you know there are situations that if, if the maps are so egregious or maybe if there's a challenge of saying these people didn't know what they were, do they were doing, you know, and that's why the, the maps are the way that they are. You can't really blame them for that, but it is what it is. 
there's some weird situation where like the court can you know appoint a special master to eventually draw these maps um <laughs> i don't think that that's going to happen i don't think the court is actually going to be the ones who are going to say okay we're just going to do it ourselves the constitution is actually very clear that if you know it hits a challenge and a court finds fault with these you get the balls back in your court right you they have, don't fix it for you yep go back fix it come back to us and show us what you've done so okay but there's not really much time left no so there's not really time for challenges and all of this at all. Well, it depends if the Supreme Court decides to expedite all this, and I'm sure that they, they probably will. Um, mm. You know, they've already had one uh, challenge rise to them about their, their time delays. Um, you know, a, a serial litigant, someone who, who you know, sues people all the time, sued the commission saying, look, the Constitution says you guys are supposed to be done by this time. We're past that. Let's get it done. And the Supreme Court basically threw it out and said, listen, like, they're still working. They're not done yet. When they're done and you have a problem with it, bring it to us and we'll figure it out. You know, we might dismiss your claim. We might say, oh, we rule in your favor. But, you know, because that situation hasn't legally occurred yet, they weren't willing to touch it. Um, and it was, I think it was pretty, pretty close to you know, unanimous decision of the court saying no. Um, maybe somebody dissented. I'm not sure exactly who, who did. But, um, yeah, we'll see. So I think... Um, Something that you need to do when this is all over with is you need to go to all 13 people and you need to write uh, like the tell-all book. Like, of, like go interview all these people and figure out what, what they really think about what all this what uh, is. Because I think that's – it would be fascinating for like six people. But it would be – I might be one of them who would think that that would be interesting. It, it you will get a signed copy. <laughs> it would be picked up nationwide. I mean the people would be – because people are looking at Michigan right now, looking at how this is going. And I, I'm convinced that it's – probably scaring a lot of folks off but but other states are going to try this later other states are going through the same thing and they're going to want to understand how did this work why did it, and there are political issues out there sure. it's a great idea make yeah. a few bucks i may or may not i'll sell scubic i may or may not have that idea already okay depending on if my wife allows me to do it no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> my, wife's, my wife's a saint by the way for yes. dealing with oh. me through this entire process you know we both kind of work from home on some days too and I'm just sitting there with just these eight hour meetings going by and she's just like, how do you, are you okay? Do you need something to eat? Do you need a glass of water? I'm like, yeah, all of it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think, I think it's important. Um, that's why I'm happy to do it. I know it's complicated. I'm looking around the room as I'm talking to you guys and some of the eyes are starting to gloss over it. I do not blame you. This is, <laughs> this is wacky. Joe's lo Joe. Joe looks like that for every podcast. <laughs> I just Can you sleep. ask, you ask your question? Oh. What Ask am I, quite, am I, I mean, I just don't know why I should care. I mean, I feel like this is an argument Nick and I will have later, but I just, and it's what you do for a living right now, but I just, I don't care. I don't care at all, and I don't understand why anyone should. The beauty of America is that you have the right to not care at all. You would make a perfect commissioner. Next time around, Next you're on the commission. Gonna, Joe's on the commission. apply for Joe. So, I don't uh, you care. know, I will say this though. These um, maps are stupid. <laughs> as, <laughs> as crazy and as, as weird and as kind of frightful as this process is we have to keep in mind that this is the first go around and if the oh, maps God survive us. i know so if the maps survive a challenge and you know they they went out and these are the maps and there's no challenge to the actual commission itself which you know is a possibility there's you know extremely possible for potential people to go out with another referendum you know another proposal saying this didn't work let's rewrite this and they could change that all we could have a completely different style commission 10 years from now, if, you know, we still even have one. But 
you know, I don't think people should be scared of this. I think that this is part of the making the sausage. I think the, the one thing that's different about this, as opposed to the legislature, which will just do it, put out the maps, and then maybe people will complain. People have been able to see this all the way through, warts and all, you know, and I think that's a beautiful thing. I don't think that's scary at all. All right, Nick, what did you want to talk about instead? I Well, I was just, I, you know, many other <laughs> topics. I feel like like Ben Solis and I, if we'd met earlier in life, we'd be great friends to this day. Maybe Thanks, we'll man. be great friends yeah, moving really cool. forward. Like Thank you. Yes, yes. Too late to be friends now? No, it's not. I said, and, <laughs> and maybe it, maybe we will develop a wonderful friendship. That time know. has passed. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot, ship has sailed. <laughs> um, you're a Browns fan. I'm a huge Browns fan. How did that happen? I'm from Cleveland, unfortunately. Originally, okay. Yes. Because right. yeah. you're a central guy, so... There's a whole story here. Start start at the beginning. Was born in Akron. Family uh, grew up in like Cleveland area. So me and LeBron James were tight like that. I was just going to ask you if you knew LeBron. No, I don't. I wish. (laughs) But Devo, I think, is from Akron, too. And I'm a big music fan, too. So that's great. Um, But yeah, no, my parents are from Cleveland originally. Dad's an engineer. He used to work for NASA. He worked for Ford until he retired. Mom's a nurse. And uh, we moved up here. You know, when I was like six or seven, because my dad, you know, got transferred with Ford and you know, grew up in Canton. Just kind of normal suburban life. Uh, graduated from high school, didn't really know what I wanted to do. Kind of flunked out of community college because, you know, I wanted to be like a, a novelist and there's like no future in that and <laughs> was not interested in the classes. So kind of just worked for a long time. I was like a restaurant manager, you know, I did like labor. And um, eventually I kind of just realized I was like, you know, I think I'm wasting my potential. I should go back to college. And uh, my mom is a saint, uh, bless her. Um, they're both really politically minded. They're not political people. They're not partisans. Um, just really very civic minded people, you know, grew up having to like read current events and tell my parents like what I thought about them, you know, <laughs> which sounds insane, That's but awesome. yeah, That's... it was, it was a really nice way to grow up. You know, we're musicians too. So, you know, it was conversation at the dinner table was what guitar did Jimmy Page play on a specific Zeppelin album? Or a song, you know. I thought you were going to say you had to make up a song about the current events. No, that'd be great. That'd be even better. Um, You know, or talking about what was going on in politics. And we were kids when this was going on, too. So um, eventually, at one point, when I decided I wanted to go back, my mom was just like, just be a journalist, man. It covers everything you want to do. It covers writing. It covers politics. Just light bulb went off in the head and never looked back since. You know, went to community college, got my associates from there, moved to Central, joined CM Life became indoctrinated in that crew. <laughs> and uh, now I'm, you know, a full-time writer. I'm very blessed to, to have this job. Essentially, you're the second podcast guest of this season whose life was changed by going to Central late, later in life. Yeah. And yeah. Kurt Berryman and Ben oh, Solis. Yeah. Have you met Kurt? Do you know Kurt? No, but I listened to The White Whale before I came in Yeah, here. there you go. I think so. you guys need to you have a little alumni chapter. I'm kind of, kind of bummed I didn't wear a rock t-shirt myself. You know? <laughs> I heard that on the car coming here, and it's like, oh, I got my Henry Rollins shirt on this. So. <laughs> I'm representing Black Flag. That's cool. So, so Brown still to this day, is Baker the answer? Is he, is he the guy? Uh, so I'm like a, I'm like a big Baker Mayfield fan. Yeah. I was a big Baker Mayfield fan before we drafted him. Okay. Um, He's got his issues. He's young. He's cocky. You know what's interesting? I relate to Baker Mayfield a lot because that you're guy. You're young. You're cocky. You make no. You've got a lot going for you. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm cocky. <laughs> I hope not. It would be a bad thing. Um, no, I, I respect the fact that through adversity, when his back is against the wall, he comes out and just guns. Yeah. You know, I feel like that's been kind of my life too. Um, you know, like I mentioned, I, I dropped out of college, didn't know what I was going to do had everything kind of stacked against me and I uh, was just like, you know what, this sucks. I'm going to 
go do something else and fire forward. You know, I have this analogy that like sometimes you just got to put your head down and run through the wall. You know, no matter how it is hard it is to run through the wall, you just got to keep going. And I, I see that in Baker Mayfield. You know, is he the answer? I don't know. We might we might get rid of him next year. Well, now, so, now you work for Gartshaw, so you have to eat even more. It's yeah, like I, have back run, I have to run through like several walls too. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> is there is there an OBJ at the Gongwar headquarters? Uh, no, because we're happy he's gone. Okay, <laughs> all right. Yeah. So yeah. we're all just a bunch of paper fields. This is the portion of the podcast where Nick speaks in code. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> because you, we talked about eyes glassing over. Anna and I are both just I like, felt, no, I know Odell Beckham Jr. That's right. Oh, see, yeah, I, I didn't know. know. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I, I, wish, I wish Nikki were... I know were, what he's saying, and my eyes are glossing I would not be it asking was, these... It was, I was, it was yeah, If Nikki were here, she'd be throwing her glass across the room at your head right I now. I would not have asked the question had Nikki been here, but she's not, so I did. I will say this: We don't need an OBJ when we have DPJ, Donovan <laughs> Peoples Jones. Yeah, he's the truth. Well, I'm a Spartan fan, but that's okay. He's pretty good. Yeah, he's, I can give him, <laughs> yeah. give him credit. It's okay. That's <laughs> yeah, all right. Fine. <laughs> Go ahead, everyone, Michigan guy. Um, I like Baker a lot. I'm a Broncos guy, um, and I wish I had Baker Mayfield in Denver. But um, rock bands, you're a big rock fan. Huge, huge music fan. I see that. Uh, I see that on the Twitter feed. So, do you have a current uh, current artist top five list? Oh boy, I listened to so. I mean, I listened to a lot of new music, but I also listened to so much older music too. Mm-hmm. And I grew up, you know, the first albums I bought were like a Russian a Zeppelin album. You know, so when you're not listening to the Cold Oatmeal podcast on your drive, yes, you're listening listen to, to all the time. <laughs> yeah, um, I really like this this band called Turnstile. They're cool. a newer group. They're like um, like a hardcore punk band. Um, there's like a like a, a subgenre of hardcore punk called Youth Crew, which is like really like positive, uplifting hardcore music, which sounds like a complete oxymoron. <laughs> Um, but these guys are really like Christian grunge. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Uh, so, yeah. MXP. Eddie, Eddie Vedder. Yes. Eddie Vedder Church. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but yeah, no, they're really cool. They're uh, actually making pretty big waves. They have like a really big sound, big studio sound. Saw them live once and it was insane. Um, I like another band called Parquet Courts a lot. Uh, they're like kind of like an indie punk Americana band. They're from Texas. So they kind of like mix some like twangy stuff with some punkier stuff. And those guys are really good. We can, the, can we get that for the buffer music, Joe? Probably not. Okay. Use <laughs> use Master of My Craft. There you go. Master of My Craft, if if you want to use one. But yeah, no, uh, those are two bands that I listen to now that are, are really cool. Um, you know, I like everything from metal, jazz, rock, funk music. Huge funk music fan. So you said your family are musicians. What do your parents play, or do they sing? Uh, my mom's adults? not, but she's a big appreciator of music. Dad is a guitarist, um, and then my brother's a bass player, and he's the only one out of us three who actually does that for a living. So he's a jazz musician out in Brooklyn. That's so, cool. Yeah, yeah. Much cooler gig than me, man. I have to sit through hours and hours of boring meetings. My brother's just... You know. Maybe he could do a soundtrack for yeah, you, like your t- your tweet. Yeah. <laughs> you have the kind of job where you go to jazz bars. Yes, yeah. and he has the kind of job where he works at jazz bars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, but he's he's really proud of me, and I'm really proud of him. But yeah, no, he's he's killing it. He's doing so good over there, and just dedicated to his craft. He knew from the minute he picked up a bass guitar that like this is what I'm going to do. You know. Do you play? I do play. I play drums. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So that's how that kind of kind of shook out. He actually became a, a bass player. Because my dad needed to like ground my rhythm, you know. Not that I was a bad drummer in the beginning, but everybody's a bad drummer in the beginning. And so he's like, "All right, all right, I got to get you on the one. Let's find a bass." He bought a bass. He started playing it. My brother was like, kind of looking at it, like, "What's this? This something's, you know, sparking in my brain." And he gave it to him, and he just went off running. He's a virtuoso. He can play like, and if you know who Jaco Pistorius is, he's a big jazz bass player. He died several years ago. Uh, my brother knew how to play like Jocko Licks when he was like 
15. Hmm. So it's just really cool. I'm proud of them. Very cool. Do you have anything I, else, Nick? Well, I mean, I was going to ask about comic books, too, but every, you guys are all giving me these eyes and everything. Like You were hitting like everything weirdo. that I'm into, too. I know. That, this is guys, everything that I'm guys, into. Why don't you, you guys just out, go man. out to lunch? Yeah, right? I was going to say, sure. I think you need, guys need to hang out. <laughs> go on a date. You know, Nick and Ben. Nick and ben <laughs> stuff it's, He's you know been what? Not, he hasn't been as excited about talking to a guy. He's like, I'm going to ask him about comic books. I'm going to ask him about other stuff. It's like, well, man, we got, we got a business to run. we got to figure this out. Well, I've recently discovered Summit, and I've just been very excited. I mean, it's been there forever but i've got my own lcs back in grand rapids yep. and i i'm loyal you know but um i started walking in there and just grabbing extra stuff and it's really cool yeah so. i haven't been in there yet but um my wife and i were also like big board game players too okay. we're not like dungeons and dragons so we're not that deep but uh you no know, shame we do we do like i don't, <laughs> don't. <laughs> we're not that deep, but it's cool we're interested um but you know we we try to do some board games once in a while and um some pretty like interesting ones so we're actually really like amped to be here in Lansing. I'm, we're, you know, we were in said no one ever. Yeah, we're, we're excited <laughs> well, to be part of the community. You know? Well, one of these days I'll get the whole office crew for a dice throne game and then we can invite you guys over. Cool. Cool. <laughs> what? Yeah, what does that even mean? I'll explain it to you later. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ben, I appreciate you taking some time away from the commission and from all the, the, the chaos of what that has been. What do you got? What do you got planned for when this is all over? You got, you got. Do you have to? The forty-five days start now, so people are going to be commenting. Do you have to pay any attention to this? Yeah, um, a little bit. I mean, not to the degree that we have been. Um, you know, we pretty much know what people are going to say because a lot of it's the same comments that they've been making the entire time. Um, when they get back in there and and vote, will hopefully be done. Unfortunately, my other big beat that I failed to mention at the beginning is the courts. Right, so I covered the Supreme Court. So as soon as oh, right the maps there. are done, and as soon as it goes to court, You're right there, my butt is sitting right, right there. So it's so. really crappy for all of you who have to pay attention to this. This is all going to be happening like the week between Christmas and New Year's. Uh, Perfect yep. timing, right? Yep. To... Happy New Year! Running through the wall, man. <laughs> <laughs> Running through the wall. I'm Baker. I'm going. Yep, yep. So no, I'm I'm excited for it to be over because it has been a lot. It's been a lot to cover, but like you know. Um, it's been fascinating to watch and it feels nice, you know, being so new to Gongwar and so new to the Capitol press Corps, and like really, you know, being able to, to become an expert in something. That's like kind of like the big goal of being a journalist is that you find the one thing that you're good at and, and focus on that and kind of just landed in my lap that this was what, what mm-hmm. it was going to be. So 10 years from now, you can go back and do I'm it again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, no one's going to care about my Twitter feed when it's music, comic books, and Baker Mayfield all the time. So I'll see. That, that guy like, will be. Yeah. Yeah. He'll be likes all day I'll long. I'll be a loyal follow. There you go, man. Yeah. So, you know. Well, Ben, thanks for coming by. Thanks, guys. Uh, nice to meet you. Nice to have you on the podcast. And we'll be right back. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? You know, this is like you've, you like, we have been saving up, ben saving left, up so topics done. for, yeah, for I'm, I'm, episodes I'm, and then I'm you just, just let it all out. For the podcast. No, no, it's, it's fine. I, I've followed Ben for, you know, since before the redistricting um, discussion when he first joined the, the Gongwar crew. And I've just found over the, the weeks and months and however long it's been that he and I probably have a lot very secretly in common. And now it's not a secret it's not anymore. It's a secret anymore. Not it's all out there for the world. Chase him. No. Catch him the I'll, I'll, send, I'll send him a private message. You can, you, see, you can't, you can't make friends anymore ben. in COVID. Like you're not, you can't do it. You've got it. It's all got to be over social media. And so it's, 
It stinks. Well, but who's got time for friends? Well, he friends. certainly doesn't. I mean, yeah. he's you know he's very busy. That's what he's going to tell you later, Nick. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just don't have time for <laughs> <So> friends. <laughs> I'm it's too not busy. You, it's me. <laughs> oh, I've heard that. <laughs> so Even often. when the maps are all done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Still busy with it, man. Oh, no. <sighs> But oh, Baker, right. but we like mm. Baker. <clears throat> Who needs friends? I've got you guys. That's right. <laughs> Let's talk about the Raiders, man. Let's not. Well, I mean, we can because they're a dumpster fire right now, and they lost. Uh, it's just their their draft class from last year. Terrible. <laughs> like, <laughs> like they've cut five of their top <laughs> six that picks. That's what I want. This is know. how you hijack a podcast. <laughs> yes. Yeah, hey. Arnett's gone. He was brandishing weapons on social media, and, and obviously threats. Henry Ruggs killed somebody. On very sad and those were their two first round two first round draft picks, picks. Yeah. like when the team moved to vegas you know people were like oh i don't know this is gonna be you know mm-hmm. dicey and i thought they just meant like they're gonna buy tigers and like <laughs> marry strippers but this is like Better a option. whole new <laughs> yeah kurt, kurt berryman has got to be absolutely stunned by these developments oh, yeah yeah, it's tough because you know I've told you that Carter roots for the Raiders now just to get my goat because that's what he likes to do and and I want to rub it in his little face. Be like, you, you little kid, this team you picked, you pick, you've got wow. killers and murderers, and they've been cut, and you're going nowhere. But I can't do that. I mean, he's That's eight years old. That's not the kind old. of dad you are. No, I've got to be like, but I'm sorry. I've got bad news about your team. That'll be good for him. Yeah. Must be Anna's wearing all black today. That must be she can't. She's got her Ra- Raiders uniform on. <laughs> <laughs> Anna Heaton has better taste than that. I um, just had to shoot my shot while Nikki wasn't here, showing wow. off the sports knowledge. Yeah, that was impressive. I didn't know. <coughs> didn't know. Renaissance woman, right here. Yeah, Nikki would be fuming. She'd be so angry. She'd quit. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing she doesn't listen to the podcast. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, no. Ben was. Um, I. I don't. I get twisted up just reading his tweets of this thing. I don't know how he keeps it all straight. It's it's crazy. The threads just keep going and it gets more and more weird. But yeah. Well, the Twitter probably helps honestly because he get, it's like he can report everything while he's organizing his notes, you know. I mean, it's a two for one, but yeah, it's so complicated. We'll see. I the, it's it's going to be incredibly amusing when they finish the maps. They get them all done. And they base them all on partisan fairness based on the 2016 and 2020 races. And then the midterms hit and there's a Republican bloodbath and everybody goes, ah, they didn't do any better than they did the last time. Um, just like that. Just like that. <laughs> well, we'll have Ben back on when that happens. We yes. can ask him why that, why that all happened. So Ben Solis was our guest on the, uh, this week's episode. Um, he was good. I'm glad to get got a chance to meet him. Joe's eyes. I just, yeah, Joe's I just, eyes I just, are slightly less glazed. This, I think, this was the second time. I in think our you only history. sighed loudly four times. <laughs> <laughs> Where we had a guest call out somebody in the room for being glazed over. Because didn't didn't April call out? That was yeah. Laura. <gasps> that was when we were on Zoom. Yeah. She did. Oh, Laura looked up. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, Laura, you've oh, looked crap. up for the first time during this podcast. I don't think my eyes glazed over. I was. I enjoyed listening to him. He was a cool guy, and I just. I just don't get why anyone. Why just? It's a lot of wasted energy into something that just. Who cares? It was unfair before. It's going to be unfair afterwards. Like, why spend your life following it or caring about it? I just, because because it, Joe, who cares? Th- there's an interesting thing in this life that, for most people. 
Most people care about things. We ha- we identify things in life that we care about. That's fine. This shouldn't be one of those things. <laughs> All right. I think I, I agree with Joe. Like, just, who cares? Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So, Ben, thanks for being on. You got something, Laura? Nah, it's fine. Okay, right. good. You looked up. <coughs> I did. I looked up. Ben Solis was our guest of Gong or News Service uh, Redistricting Commission guru reporter. Um, this is Matt from Joe, Anna, Nick, and Laura. You're listening to the Cold Open Podcast, and we will talk to you next time.